Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast. This sermon is from the life of the church. For more messages like this, please see our website www.venturechurch.co.za. We hope you enjoy this message. Just to say that your heart is important. I did find a number of stats that spoke about um, the risk that South Africans have um, when it comes to our hearts. Uh, apparently, tw- 210 people die a day um, because of heart-related issues, which is quite an alarming stat. Um, one of the causes is said to be the buildup of cholesterol um, in the arteries, as, and as the video says, that that can lead to heart attacks and strokes. Um, the causes of high cholesterol definitely can be hereditary, and... Um, Obviously, that's uh, 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 something that you can't really control, but you can manage. Um, or it could be lifestyle-induced, um, whether you're, you're eating um, yeah, just the wrong stuff, um, bad foods and not exercising, like the video said, um, you can make changes. Um, interestingly, one of the signs of high cholesterol is a ring around your iris. But we'll, we'll get back to that all a little bit later. Let's, uh, let's get into the scripture this morning. Mark 10, if you can turn in your Bibles to Mark 10, verse 17 to 31. We'll be reading from the NIV, the New International Version. By the way, the cholesterol video will make sense in the end. So <laughs> don't worry if you think this is... Also, I'm not picking on anybody. Um, just in case you think it's about you. It's not. Mark 10. Let's read. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What do you, why do you call me good? Jesus asked, answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not, shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, I have kept All these I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus again said, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Peter, then Peter spoke up. We have left everything to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, along with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last. And the last will be first. Would you stand with me as we open in prayer? Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this time. God, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us. 
God, we thank you for your word. God, that your word is dependable, that it is solid, that we can stand on it. God, and we thank you that it is living. God, that you are living. You work on your word. So God, this morning, we open our hearts to you and all that you want to say to us because of the future that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So this story appears in three of the four Gospels. It appears in Matthew from uh, in Matthew 19, verse 16 to 30. It appears, obviously, in Mark, and it appears in Luke, in uh, Luke 18, verse 18 to 30. We're going to go through the scriptures now, almost line by line. Verse 17, Mark 10. 10? There's Mark 10, right? Okay, good. Mark 10, verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? It really seems like this man is on the right track. He's, he's found Jesus. He's sought him out. He's run to him. He's fallen at his feet. And he's going, he goes, good teacher. He is reverent. He, he's, he's doing really, really well. It sounds very, very spiritual. It's good. It's good. Verse 18. Jesus answered, why do you call me good? Okay, sure, Jesus. <laughs> Take it easy. No one is good except God. Jesus' response jolts the man. It's possible that the man was caught up in his own self-righteousness. He, he almost wanted Jesus to, to kind of give him the, the thumbs up. Here's this healer, this prophet who's come around. He has a, a certain prestige. People are talking about Jesus. And now he's wanting to get this guy's approval for the life that he's living. Jesus says, hey, why do you call me good? Immediately, he, he's wanting the guy to not be caught up in himself, but to think. And it's possible that he's about to hear things properly because of what Jesus has said. Jesus then directs him to the Ten Commandments. He says, you know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not, be you shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, I've kept, I've, all these I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus directs him to the doing, to the Ten Commandments, firstly, which comes from God's nature and his character. He directs him to the, the back half of the Ten Commandments. We've, we've been talking about the Ten Commandments in connect groups, and it's been really a, a, an incredible exercise to see um, how to see work out what God has already said in our modern everyday lives. And Jesus directs him to the doing commandments, to the, the commandments that are um, towards others. The, the Ten Commandments are pretty much in two halves, uh, or 60-40. Um, with the first bit, the first part, the first four are directing us towards God, our responsibilities towards God. And then it talks about our responsibilities towards others. And Jesus directs him to those commandments and to which he responds, I am, I'm a great Jew. I do all of these things. I've kept all of these things. It's possible that he was caught up in his own righteousness, in his own self-righteousness. And that's not a good thing, as we'll see a little bit later. 
I often, when I read this, I almost see this guy because he's he's known as the rich young ruler. Um, I almost see him as a bit of an arrogant uh, Audi driver, um, a young a young boot. He's uh, just kind of come from the gym, um, you know. Hey, hey Jesus, <laughs> yeah. <Yo. laughs> Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, we don't like boots. <laughs> I'm just joking. If if you're a boot, Jesus loves you, which we'll see a little bit later. <laughs> but it's possible that he was caught up in his own goodness, in his own self righteousness, in trying to do things by himself on his own, in his own effort. Romans in Romans 12, it talks about us having a sober evaluation of ourselves, not thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to. And it's important that we, yes, that we don't think negative of ourselves because we are saints. God has called us sons and daughters and we're brought into the kingdom. We're saints who sin, as, as, as Kenny says. Um, we're not sinners who have, yeah, I can't actually remember all that Kenny has said for that. We are saints. And so to think of yourself negatively is not a good thing. But in the same way, to think of yourself too good is not a good thing. It's not a good thing. So verse 21, Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything and give to the, give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Jesus looked at him and loved him. What an incredible truth. It's so great to know that Jesus sees us. Even when we're arrogant. Even when we're too good. Even when we're far from where he wants us to be. He sees us and he loves us. He loves us. It is never too late to know the love of God. No matter how far you are away from where he wants you to be. He loves you. He loves you still. <laughs> so, is Jesus against riches? Is that what this passage is talking about? We know that Jesus was first, his birth was first announced to the shepherds who were the poorest of the poor. We know that uh, he started his uh, his ministry in, in Nazareth in, in Nazareth. He grew up in Nazareth, um, he started his ministry in Galilee, which was like not a rich area at all. It, it wasn't even a city, really. It was just kind of country bumpkin status. Um, we know that in the, the Beatitudes, he says, blessed are the poor. But then also in Mark 14, verse 7, he says, you will always have the poor with you. That's, that's odd. So he's for the poor, but he's not for the poor. James then picks up and says that real religion is caring for the poor, not showing prejudice. I think Nadine, a couple of weeks ago in the, the James series, hit the nail on the head where um, the title of her message was, it's not the money that's the problem. And that's it. Jesus is not against riches. But kingdom living requires that we not allow anything to hold us back from what he is calling us to. Jesus does not want us to allow anything to hold us back from what he is calling us to. The problem is not wealth or riches or possession, but it is the reluctance to give those up. It's not the, not the wealth 
but the reluctance to give up the wealth. Kingdom living requires intentionality. Kingdom living is intentional. It does not happen by accident. Kingdom living means intentionally putting Jesus first. Verse 22. Oh, flip, sorry. (laughs) This passage is not saying, I do need to say that, this. This passage is not saying that you need to get your life sorted before you can follow Jesus. This was a specific call to a specific man in a specific situation. You do not need, Jesus said to this man, you need to go and sell your possessions and then come and follow me. That does not mean that you and I need to sort our lives out first before coming to know Jesus. When we come to know Jesus, he puts his spirit inside of us and the process of what is called sanctification. God works himself into our lives and works out all of the other stuff. And it is a process. The second thing that this passage is not saying is that you need to sell everything in order to follow Jesus. It's not. Once again, this is a specific situation to a specific man. Right? You don't have to sell everything to follow Jesus, but you do need to be willing to sell everything to follow Jesus, if he calls you to that. Let's get to verse 22. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Once again, the wealth is not the problem. The reluctance is. Just a bit of history to this passage. Um, This passage has led to uh, a lot of vows of poverty, which can be a good thing. But often, it's not necessarily what God is calling us to. It's also led to, to movements of monasteries and, and monks and, um, and that whole thing. It's also played itself into um, the hands of heretical, uh, heretical movements, such as Gnosticism, where they, talk, they, they separate what is good um, and spiritual and what is bad and, and material and they they would lean on passages like this but actually god is not against material things in fact when he created the world the material world some living in a material world he said that it was good god if god said that it was good then it's not bad this kind of passage also plays into modern day movements uh, of things like minimalism once again stuff is not bad it's the hold on it it's the hold that the stuff has on us that is bad and jesus here as he does often in his ministry is talking not to the stuff but to the heart he's talking to the man's heart tyler durton from fight club said this The things we own end up owning us. And that's the kind of thing that Jesus is saying to this man. He's saying the possessions, the things that you have, the way you've built your life around this stuff. Hey, that stuff has owned you for too long. And now I want to own you. Jesus is not against us having nice houses. He is against the house having us. He's not against us having nice cars. He is against 
that cars having us. He is not against us having a big salary or a good job or whatever, whatever the thing is, but he is against that stuff owning and having us because he wants all of us. Let's compare this rich young ruler with another rich guy that had an encounter with Jesus. His name was Zacchaeus. We're not going to read the story, but Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He had created his wealth on the backs of his own people, on the backs of, um, he, he worked for, for the government in the negative sense, for the oppressors, for those who were ruling over the, the Israelite nation. And he made a fortune from, from that, from doing that job. When he meets Jesus, he has this incredible encounter. And in uh, Luke 19, the story is in Luke 19, verse 1 to 10. In verse uh, Luke 19, (laughs) from verse 8, it says, Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. Lord, and if I have cheated any one of their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. What what a a completely different response. Here this rich young ruler goes away sad because he's got so much stuff. And on the other hand, Zacchaeus responds to the Lord and kind of spontaneously goes, you know what? I'm going to give to the poor. I'm going to, I'm going to be generous. And, and if anything is ha- like, and what does Jesus say? Salvation has come to this home because Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Verse 23. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. They gasped. (gasps) How hard it is for the rich (gasps) to enter the kingdom of God. But Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed. That's Bible talk for (gasps) shock. They were This blew their minds. Jesus needed them to understand the the importance of this. That's why he says it twice. That's why he emphasizes it. That's why he uses this crazy illustration for an exaggerated illustration for emphasis. Yes, there are the eye of the needle was uh, a little gateway that would be when Jerusalem was locked. Um, at night, there would be it would be possible to get through the eye of the needle to get into the city. I, I don't know if Jesus was specifically talking about that. He's definitely saying it is really hard to get into the kingdom of God. That's why, have you ever tried to thread a camel through a needle? <laughs> like, what a crazy thought. Hey, this camel, this massive camel. I don't even know how big camels are, but they are way bigger than a teeny tiny little eye of a needle. Jesus says, with man, the disciples are so shocked that they look around. They're like, oh my goodness. 
Oh my gosh, I cannot believe this. Who then can be saved? And Jesus responds to them. He says, with man it is impossible. Trying to do things on yourself by yourself. Trying to do things on your own. But not with God. With God, all things are possible. <laughs> they, Jesus needed to go to this extreme while he was teaching them about the kingdom. Because their mindset... In their mindset, they still believed that riches were a sign of blessing and salvation. Jesus was teaching them throughout the, this whole section in Mark. Jesus is teaching them about the kingdom, he's teaching them about kingdom living, and he's trying to lay the foundation for the gospel. The gospel is not about self-righteousness. It's not about self-effort. and It's not about trying so hard. But the gospel is about trust about obedience and about rest. Matthew, 20, Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Jesus is talking. He says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It is impossible without God. Salvation is Without Jesus is impossible. Your good works, however good you are, however great your life looks, it's not going to take you to heaven. It's only possible with Jesus. It is only possible through Him, trusting in Him and living your life for Him. Verse 28, Then Peter spoke up, We have left everything to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in the present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, along with persecutions. You see, Jesus is teaching about kingdom life and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last. In the last verse, Jesus' statement is so shocking when he says that the rich cannot enter, that Peter is like, he is, he's almost insecure now. He's almost like, I, I cannot believe, I'm struggling to believe this. Everything in my life has said that that was the way. And now you're telling me that it's different. But what about us? We, we left everything to follow you. Jesus has to reaffirm him. He needs to make sure, and Jesus is there with these words, saying, you know what? My way, the kingdom way, is different from the world. It's totally different. And when you live my way, don't worry. You will receive what you've given up, but you'll also get persecutions, but you will receive everything that you've given up. Giving up means receiving. Choosing Jesus does mean persecution, despite what some uh, preachers will say to you. You will have persecutions. The ones who are first in this life will be lost. Often we can look at people's lives. We can maybe scroll through their, their feeds and we, we see these lives that are presented to us and we, we long for that. We're like, oh, I wish I could go and see those uh, 
those hot air balloons in in Turkey. I, I wish that I could be living on a boat somewhere. Oh, wow, their new car. They got another new car. I cannot believe it. Oh, my word. Hmm. When Jesus talks about that kind of life, he says, don't worry. They've already got their reward. In other words, what you see is what you get. It's all they've got. That's all they have. That's it. Jesus promises a life that is way more fulfilling. And a life that is, is one that you could not even dream of. He has for you. He has for us. Yes, with persecutions. <laughs> Some final thoughts. We are sons and daughters of God. If you know Jesus, you are a son and daughter of God. Which means that you are. It's from that place that we do things. It's from that place that we do good works. We are saved by grace for good works. But the good works don't save us. We're called to first be with Jesus and then to do than to do stuff. That means that before you are a husband, before you are a wife, before you are a child, you are a son and daughter of God. That means that your life with Jesus, your life with Jesus, the flow comes from that. You are a husband, you're a good husband because you are a follower of Jesus. Because you put him first, because you spend time with him, because you are with him. We need to make sure that our orientation is that way around. Otherwise, we end up finding our, our roles in these, these roles, rather than in who Jesus has called us to, to be. We're first a Jesus follower, then we are a worker, then your, then your career, then the art that you create. You are not your art. You are not your hobby. You are not your sport. You are a Jesus follower. You are a son and daughter of God. We are first called to be with Jesus and then we are called to do. Then we are called to minister. Even ministry comes secondary to us knowing Jesus. Yes, it comes out of knowing Jesus. But if we're just doing ministry, if we're just following our gifting and trying to grow in our gifting, apart from growing in our relationship with Jesus... We've got it wrong. We need a reorientation this morning. Just like how we used to think that the earth was the center of the universe and everything revolved around the earth. We now know that the sun is the center and everything revolves around that. We need a reorientation to change the way that our lives revolve. When we find our, we need to find our identity, our security, our purpose, our fulfillment, even our healing in Jesus. Everything in our lives needs to flow from being with Jesus. Paul talks in Philippians 1 verse 21. He says, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. You know, and if we die, it's okay because we'll be with Jesus. And when we live, hey, we get better make sure that we are pursuing him with everything that we are. To live is Christ. David Pierce said, 
If you commit your whole life to Jesus, you will live a life no rich man ever could. If you commit your whole life to Jesus, you will live a life no rich man ever could. Jesus is not an add-on. He's not an optional extra. He's not an after-sale perk. Jesus is it. (laughs) Jesus is calling us to forsake other things. For us, in Joburg in 2020, it might not be about riches. If, If it is for you, I suggest you address that. If the shoe fits, kick it off. <laughs> Don't keep wearing it. In other words, if, if the Holy Spirit is, is prodding your heart this morning on riches, on being generous, on don't, don't not listen to the Holy Spirit this morning. This, it's not about riches, but it is about our heart. We have allowed things to absorb into our lives and it affects our heart kind of like cholesterol it like stops the the flow of the life of god to our hearts what happens then spiritually while our hearts get moved from being soft to to being hard we can have a spiritual heart attack when i say things i'm not talking about possessions i'm talking about chasing status i'm talking about the dreams that we've always had but are not necessarily of God. I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about even ministry and and gifting. Are there things that you cannot give up or afraid to let go of? Has that habit gotten out of control? Are you holding on to work as an idol? Is that relationship too important to you? I believe the Holy Spirit is calling us to check our hearts this morning. Now, there might be many reasons for our hearts to not be in a a good place, just like cholesterol. It could be lifestyle. We've had bad inputs. We've been listening to the wrong voices. We've had the wrong focus. We haven't been putting Jesus first. That's okay. Things can change now. Maybe it's hereditary. Maybe you have grown up in a bad culture. Maybe you've learned some some wrong things along the way. You know what? Things can change right now. One of the the signs of high cholesterol is the, the ring around the iris, which does affect vision. How's your vision this morning? Are you seeing things with the eyes of faith? Things need to change. Just like going to the doctor, having a checkup and him going, whoa, whoa, you need, there's some changes that need to happen in your life. This is the report. That's what the rich young ruler was hearing from Jesus. But instead of hearing Jesus, continuing on and it affecting his future for good, He chose to stay where he was, to keep doing the things that he was doing. And that's not what God has for us as Venture Church. That's not what God has for us this morning. God has a future for us. 
and he's got a glorious future for us one that we could never dream of one that we could never make for ourselves but it takes obedience it takes trusting it takes listening to him and in, in these in these kind of moments it takes responding to him so how do we do this how do we make a change well we need to reorientate our lives reorientate our worlds which means submitting our whole selves to Jesus not just part Jesus shouldn't be something you shouldn't be someone you think about on a Sunday only your whole life he wants your whole life He's not an addition. He's not an added add-on. It's not like, oh yeah, I've got friends and they're Christian and that's awesome. Oh yeah, also there's that Jesus guy. He's pretty cool. He's good. Hey, good teacher. No. We need to start to walk in obedience. That means that we need to be reading our Bibles often, regularly, often. You can read your Bible more than once a day. You know that? Yeah, shocking, I know. <laughs> Prayer. Our relationship with Jesus. He can take all that you are feeling, all that you are thinking. He can take it. He can take your anger. He can take your hurt. He can take your emotions. You don't have to have it all together to come to Jesus. And once again, you don't need to only pray once a day. <laughs> You can pray often. You can have a constant conversation with the king of the universe. How incredible. And being and walking in community with other sons and daughters of God, with other followers of Jesus. It's great because you get to encourage people, but they get to encourage you. And they get to see your blind spots, which is something that we all have. As we move on to the glorious future that Jesus has for us. I do think that his question, the rich, young ruler, the rich young ruler's question is important though. How do you inherit eternal life? It's as simple as accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That means believing in your heart that he came and died for us, confessing with your, your mouth and starting to live for him, starting to live your life for him. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that it was a blessing to you. If you want to connect with us further, log on to our website, venturechurch.co.za or connect with us on our various social pages, Instagram and Facebook.